Welcome, everyone, to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley, a national news and talk program dedicated to military veterans issues. And now, your hosts, David Corey and Richard Hurley. Good evening. Welcome to the Veterans News Hour for Monday, November the 1st, 2021. This is Air Force veteran David Corey along with my co-host Richard Hurley. We have lots of news of interest to veterans and their families this evening, so stay tuned. First, though, let's go over to Richard Hurley. Hello, Richard. How's it going? Hey, good, David. How you doing? And how's everybody out there post-Halloween? Uh, Hope everybody good. had a good time trick-or-treating. And... Uh, <clears throat> I want to remind everybody that this is a call-in show, and uh, tonight we've got some, some audio tapes we're going to play, but uh, there was plenty of time for anyone to call in if they'd like to. We'd love to hear from you. It's important for you veterans to share your uh, experiences and sometimes your your your, your hope uh, when you've been dealing with the VA and give other veterans some hope because uh, Lord knows I get calls every day with, from veterans who are unhappy with with what's going on at the VA and how they're being treated, and it's just very sad. So call in and share some of your uh, experiences. That number is one triple eight six two seven six zero zero eight. Again, that number is one triple eight six two seven six zero zero eight. And uh, I want to remind uh, veterans, when it comes to the Board of Veteran Appeals, if you've got any cases where you have a case pending before the board uh, and you need a postponement, uh, the, the board now essentially requires your representative to fax a letter 10 days prior to your hearing date. Um, and then the, the coordinators will take the, uh, uh, the request to the, the judge and the judge will then grant the postponement. They always, almost always grant the postponement. Um, but you, they, they, they frown upon last minute, um, postponements and 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 there's a practical side of this too and i kind of understand why the board's like that although postponements are are necessary stuff comes up people have health issues and and maybe you need some additional information to to help your case so stuff does pop up but the reason that they're trying to avoid these last minute hearing postponements is because these these allotments and they're they're usually in our they're set in hour intervals. They're they're like gold for some veterans. Trying to get your case before the Board of Veteran Appeals can be can be very very tricky. So you know when the board has to all of a sudden postpone or you know someone's hearing, uh, you've now deprived another veteran of the opportunity to have his case or her case heard. Uh, so that's the practical side of of, of why the board's now requesting. A minimum minimum of ten days notice uh, for your request for a postponement. Uh, and remember, what I'm telling you is is that you're going to get granted. I've never been denied a postponement, even if even the day of, I've gotten them. I've got them granted. Um, but you know, you probably and you know do the do the ten day notice. That way, you can maybe uh, help help one of your fellow veterans get get his or her case uh, put on. 
at that time that you're now requesting for a postponement. So that's just one uh, another little little tidbit of information when when you're going before the Board of Veteran Appeals. David and I uh, we we think very highly of the board. Uh, we think some you know the decisions I'm getting out of the board are very 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 pro veteran, and um, I think they bend over backwards to try to to do the right thing. As as one, uh, as, uh, I think it was uh, David. I think it was John Wells said to us when we went and heard him speak uh, when he was talking to a, to one of the uh, BVA judges, veteran law judges, uh, the judge said to John, tell, tell your veterans, we don't care about the money, we care about the veterans. Uh, unlike the VA, which puts more emphasis on the money, not the veteran. So, um, so that's good, good information about, um, postponements and, and, um, keep pressing on. That's what you gotta do. You gotta keep pressing on. So at this point, David, I'm going to throw it back to you, and you can talk about the the first uh, tape. Thanks, Rick. We're going to move our next segment of the show with uh, four new segments. They're about two and a half, three minutes in length, each one of them. And these are from the United States Department of Veteran Affairs, Veterans Health Administration. Each of these segments touch on current topics of interest uh, for veterans. So, Doug, if you'll please roll the first tape. Vet centers, financial resources, and particulate matter exposure. I'm Army veteran Maria Godwin, and that's all coming up next on VA News. Military withdrawals are an experience that Afghanistan and Vietnam veterans share. One of the ways Afghanistan and Vietnam veterans come together is through vet centers. Vet centers operate outside of the traditional medical model where eligible veterans, service members, and their families can come together to find meaning in their service. It was the Vietnam veterans who created those first grassroots vet centers as early as the 1970s because of a lack of trust that their service and trauma could be understood. Vet centers are community-based counseling centers that provide a wide range of social and psychological services, including professional readjustment counseling. To learn more, visit vetcenter.va.gov. VA understands the toll financial challenges can have, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. But you don't have to carry that burden alone. Resources include VA's home loan assistance, repayment plans, special forbearance, loan modification, extra time to arrange a private sale, and more. VA loan technicians are available to answer any questions you may have about debt, VA loans, and other housing financial concerns. You may also be eligible to receive VA financial counseling to help avoid foreclosure. Visit va.gov housing assistance to learn more or contact your nearest VA regional loan center to explore your options and find solutions. VA added three presumptive conditions related to particulate matter exposure. The new presumptive conditions are asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis. To be eligible for benefits, you must have gotten one of these conditions within 10 years of your separation from service. If you have a pending claim for one or more of these conditions, you don't need to do anything. We'll send you a decision notice when we complete our review. For more information about VA benefits and eligibility or how to file a claim, visit va.gov. That's it for this episode of VA News. I'm Maria Godwin. Thanks for watching.
and vet centers. I've had a lot of uh, veterans that I've helped that have uh, utilized the uh, the counseling and other support from these uh, vet centers, which are basically uh, their mission is to help uh, primarily combat veterans uh, get the help they need, whether it's uh, PTSD, uh, counseling, treatment, um, help with claims, et cetera. Uh, Doug, let's go to the second tape, which is going to talk more about uh, some VA resources for PTSD, uh, but also some other issues. PTSD Family Coach App, SVA Census Survey, and VA Smoke-Free Vet. I'm Army veteran Maria Godwin, and that's all coming up next on VA News. PTSD can alter a family's relationships. It can also affect children who can mirror the veteran's behavior or try to act like an adult. This can lead to a variety of problems, difficulty with school, sadness, anxiety, and relationship problems. The PTSD Family Coach app provides support for concerned family members of those with PTSD. Features include information about PTSD and how it affects those who care about someone with PTSD. Tips to help families better support a loved one with PTSD and themselves. Facts about counseling for individuals or couples managing PTSD in a relationship. And tools to help family members manage stress. You can download this free app on any smartphone. Just search for PTSD Family Coach. Did you know there is currently no federal or national database that contains demographic information on student veterans? This leads to an undersampling of student veterans and an oversampling of other student groups, resulting in inaccurate data. The Student Veterans of America Census fills this gap by surveying the student veteran community annually. SVA uses this anonymous information in discussions with policymakers, partners, and the public. This online survey helps SVA better understand the changing needs of student veterans and how best to serve them as they pursue higher education. You can take the survey by visiting blogs.va.gov and searching SVA. Need on-the-go encouragement as you start your journey to becoming tobacco-free? VA Smoke-Free Vet sends daily text messages that provide support, encouragement, and tips for quitting tobacco products like cigarettes and chew. Smoke-Free Vet works on any mobile phone with texting capabilities and is available in English and Spanish. Based on the quit date you pick when you sign up for Smoke-Free Vet, you will begin to receive text messages that prepare and support you in your quit attempt. You can sign up for Smoke-Free Vet in English by texting VET to 47848 or by visiting smokefree.gov slash vet. That's it for this episode of VA News. I'm Maria Godwin, and thanks for watching. Well, thanks to the VA for that. Um, speaking of uh, the use of... Uh, VA resources to help veterans. Uh, transitioning from military to civilian life is is often a big challenge, and this next segment talks about transition assistance, particularly for for women veterans, as well as a couple other issues. So, Doug, if you roll the third tape, please. Transition assistance for women veterans, the VA Brain Bank, and my VA four one one. I'm Army veteran Earl Scott, and that's all coming up next on VA News. Women are the fastest growing segment of the U.S. veteran population, but only 40% of eligible women veterans enroll in VA healthcare. 
Transitioning service women and recently separated women veterans have access to information about VA's Women Health Services through the Women's Health Transition Training Course. Through the online self-paced instruction, women veterans can learn about VA's gender-specific health care services. Women can also learn how to enroll in VA health care as quickly as possible after separation. This helps women veterans better manage their post-military health care. To sign up or learn more, visit tapevents.org courses. The most rigorous study to date examining postmortem brain tissue from those with PTSD has identified molecular changes in the brain that may lead to new ways to diagnose and treat the disorder. The study is the first to pinpoint genetic changes related to PTSD that are specific to gender and to certain brain subregions. Understanding how PTSD differs within the brains of men and women is important because women are more likely to develop PTSD after experiencing trauma. Also, there may be differences in how men and women respond to treatment. The finding underscores the need to develop different treatment strategies for both men and women. To learn more about this topic, visit blogs.va.gov and search Brain Bank. With one phone call, veterans, their families, caregivers, and survivors can easily access information on VA benefits and services or be connected to an expert for answers to questions. 1-800-MY-VA-411 is a national toll-free number that serves as a front door to VA. It offers the simplicity of a single number to call when you don't know who to contact. Call to get information on VA care, benefits, and services such as COVID-19 and the Mission Act, information on VA benefits, the nearest VA facilities to where you live or where you may be traveling, technical support for VA.gov, financial information, referrals during business hours, or immediate transfer to the Veterans Crisis Line or National Call Center for Homeless Veterans. 1-800-MY-VA-411 callers have the option of pressing zero to be immediately connected with a customer service agent to answer any questions or provide a warm handoff to the appropriate VA expert. That's it for this edition of VA News. I'm Earl Scott. Thanks for watching. Well, thanks to Earl Scott and the VA for that uh, great information. And this last uh, and final tape... Uh, we're going to hear about uh, the VA's programs for uh, for veterans, the Farmer Veteran Coalition, as well as some important information on avoiding homelessness. Doug, if you'll roll the fourth tape. The Farmer Veteran Coalition, Avoiding Homelessness, and Network Theory. I'm Army Veteran Earl Scott, and that's all coming up next on VA News. Veterans have an opportunity to use the land they fought to defend, getting assistance along the way. The Farmer Veteran Coalition is the nation's largest nonprofit organization, assisting veterans to embark on careers in agriculture. Veterans can use FVC grants to get started and get connected with other veteran farmers to gain experience, advice, and find camaraderie. The program is a 17-week comprehensive hands-on model, including training in the production, management, and marketing of small-scale food production. Veterans receive a specialized technical certificate of credit. To learn more, visit farmvetco.org. 
temporary bans on evictions implemented during the pandemic have expired. There are many ways veterans can access VA's homeless prevention and rapid rehousing services. Veterans can remain in stable housing through VA's Supportive Services for Veterans Families program, with services ranging from temporary financial assistance and legal aid to child care subsidies. The program's intervention initiative provides a modest subsidy for two years. Visit va.gov slash housing resources for information on resources for veterans who may be at risk of losing their home. Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to visit their local VA medical center, where VA staff are standing by to assist. Or contact the National Call Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-424-3838, where trained counselors are available 24-7. Predicting suicide has long been one of the most researched subjects in psychology. An emerging approach in mental health research called network theory illustrates how a series of variables, in this case risk factors for suicide, relate to each other and which ones are most important, thus addressing a major shortcoming of other methodologies. These results offer valuable information for both predicting suicide risk and differentiating targets for interventions lowering the risk of suicide. To learn more about this topic, visit blogs.va.gov and search network theory. That's it for this episode of VA News. I'm Earl Scott. Thanks for watching. Well, thanks to the uh, the VA's Veterans Health Administration for those four uh, concise but informative uh, segments, and uh, we appreciate them putting those together. Uh, Rick, uh, any thoughts, anything you'd like to discuss? Yeah. Um, you know, David, we spend a lot of time uh, talking about PTSD, and we've got we've had you know, many guests on, on the show to talk about it and talk about the different programs that are out there, different ways for people to, to get... Um, you know, counseling that they need. You know, it's it's so important. I mean, and we do this, and it's 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 one of our our big pet peeves. But it's so important that we just keep beating this thing until uh, we can no longer no longer take it. Because I I routinely run into this every week dealing with a veteran, a combat veteran, or even a non-combat veteran who had trauma in in service. And you know, they 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 tend to downplay the, the the experience that they had in service, um, and you know they 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 don't get the help that they need. And as a result, you can see all around them. I'm sure, David, you see, you witnessed this too. You you see all around them the, the impact that it has on the family, because as we've said many times on this show, PTSD, anxiety, and depression are family disorders, they're family conditions. It's not just the veteran suffering, but it's the family. Um, so it's it's imperative that you you get the help that you need. And you know the VA does offer a lot a lot of programs. Uh but outside the VA, um, there are there are so many uh, uh nonprofit groups out there that are trying to do what they can to help veterans. And you know go if you need to go into our, all our shows are archived and, and we've, we have many of those guests, uh, on our shows and, and just listen to those shows and, and listen to the information that they, uh, throw out there for you because I think it's extremely helpful. 
because, you know, when you're struggling with PTSD, um, you know, it, what goes on in between the ears can be extremely difficult. And uh, so, you know, get the help that you need. Get the help that you need. Back to you, David. Oh, I, I agree. Those are great points, Rick. And I think it's not, not only the fact that um, <clears throat> things like post-traumatic stress affects the individual veteran tremendously and the family, but even beyond that, the larger circle of, of, of people that that veteran may interact with and the community that are all affected or can be affected significantly uh, by um, by the actions of, of that uh, veteran. And uh, it, it seems to me that, that one thing that I hear and uh, that's not just from the VA when they have these vet centers, you know, which which have, rely heavily on on peer-to-peer uh, assistance. Uh, that uh, when a lot of veterans suffering from uh, extreme PTSD is they they tend to to isolate themselves, and uh, that makes the problem even worse. Uh, and it usually requires um, you know a friend or family member uh, to sort of intervene. Uh, it might be another veteran. And uh, I was talking to a veteran friend of mine uh, just the other day who was expressing concern about a buddy of his uh, went to college with, and uh, and his buddy had um, uh, served uh, over in Lebanon in in October of '83. You know, when that when the uh, Marine Corps barracks uh, was was hit by a truck bomb and hundreds were killed, and uh, <clears throat> this veteran suffers from from PTSD and the, the the challenge is trying to get the veteran to um uh be willing to accept help you know that's a, that's a huge obstacle because until they do and they're isolating themselves all these great programs and the VA does have a lot of great programs and, and like you said Rick it's not just the VA but there's a lot of nonprofit organizations some of them are you know sponsored or supported by local governments or, or uh, state, you know, VAs, uh, but there's a lot of them. But in, unless the veteran is, is, is willing to use those services, um, you may not see that that benefit. But in any event, there are a lot of resources. And like you said, Rick, um, I encourage listeners that might uh, be interested is go back and listen to some of our archive podcasts where we've had guests on for various organizations. So um, before we go to news, uh, uh, back over to you, Rick. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to um, talk about, unfortunately, I lost uh, – last week I lost two veterans. Uh, both were older. One was a Vietnam veteran, and um, another uh, fellow was was not in Vietnam. But both of them passed away. Um, on, the, on the one case, I pretty much knew – what was going on with his his medical condition, but the other fella, um, his name was Leroy Walker, and he was a uh, he was in Vietnam, and uh, we were able to get him up to fifty percent for for PTSD, and um, I was appealing that and trying to get him up to a hundred percent, and I had a an expert opinion which definitely. Um, uh, warranted a, a, a 100% uh, rating. But unfortunately, Leroy passed away. And he was a great guy. He used to come into my He didn't live far from me, so he used to come into the office, and he was a golfer. 
and uh, and you know he was big golfer. And, and back in those days, he was an uh, African American playing uh, professional golf, which weren't weren't too many doing that. And he had some great great stories to tell me. And uh, in Vietnam, he 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 uh, delivered the mail, and maybe you'll love this story. I think he. It was just he and another guy. It was like the Pony Express in Vietnam delivering the mail. And Leroy rode shotgun with a shotgun or whatever gun they gave him. And there was a driver and they were, you know, out in the jungles of Vietnam delivering mail. And, you know, you, you can't, I can't even imagine what, what that experience must have been like. Uh, and, you know, they go out, drop the mail to the, the soldiers who were, were out there in their camps and then they have to turn around and, and drive back to the base and he did this for for a year uh and, and a lot of his uh, ptsd stem stem from that experience uh of, of delivering de- delivering the mail uh but leroy was a great guy and, and the point of his story is that uh leroy, leroy you know i would have to reach out to him to make sure he was doing okay and um, unbeknownst to me, he had sold his house and moved into an assistant living facility uh, very near my office. And uh, uh, we we have a we had a hearing scheduled for next Monday, November the eighth, uh, in front of the Board of Veteran Appeals. And unfortunately, he passed away October the fifth. But the point of my mentioning to Leroy not not only the fact that he was a great guy and a, a, a hero and a great serviceman who served his country. Um, but, you know, he, he, he didn't keep me informed about his health situations. And uh, I'm still kicking myself as we speak. I've been kicking myself ever, ever since his daughter told me he had passed away. That, it, you know, if I had known that his condition had worsened, uh, I, I could have probably gotten some of my contacts at the BVA, the coordinators, to move his case up even even uh, earlier. But he didn't he didn't reach out to me. The family members weren't even aware that I was representing him. All the family members ever heard was I got I got a lawyer who's helped me out. That's all they ever knew. Um so my my point is uh, you know veterans it's very important that you keep in touch with your representatives. Uh, you know, whether it's your lawyer or, or, uh, a non-lawyer representative. But if your condition, uh, worsens or you, you know, you've got a new medical situation or you got a new claim or something, you know, you got to get on the phone and you got to call your, your, your lawyer, your, your, your representative and tell that person what's going on. You know, we can't read minds. And unless you tell us about your situation, we'll have no clue. You know, it, it's it's tough enough what we do, uh, being the messenger between uh, the veteran and 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 the VA, because the VAs they're not going to pick up the phone and do anything. They don't communicate. They don't email. Um, so we're we're kind of uh, in a, in a very tough and very frustrating uh, situation. I know I feel very frustrated sometimes. Uh, that I can't do more to to move the the ball down the field. Uh, 
and I'm just kind of waiting around for the VA to tell me something, what's going on with the case, so I can then react like in a defensive posture or waiting for my client to call me up and say, hey, by the way, I need I need this done or, or, or you know, I just went to the doctor and now my I might have to have open heart surgery or a knee transplant, whatever the case may be. But it's very, very important that you uh, be proactive with your representative and assist uh, him or her in, in the prosecution of your case. I know, uh, Leroy was a great guy and, you know, if there's, if there's one legacy I'd like to leave for, for Leroy other than he was a wonderful serviceman and service country in Vietnam is he, he'd want you, other veterans to know, pick up the phone and, and, and tell, tell your, your lawyer that, uh, your condition's gotten worse. So in any event, on behalf of Leroy, you know, and his family, I'm thanking him for his service posthumously here. And just one of those frustrating things that we deal with all the time, David, and I know you've been through it a lot. You know, you've told me your own stories about your, you know, our veterans, our clients that have passed away before you've been able to uh, get the case completely finished. Well, that's when, uh, in, in some cases, uh we're able to continue uh, for for two things. One, uh, survivor benefits like dependency indemnity compensation, and then the other being um, accrued benefits, uh, where uh, by uh, the regulation sets out which family members, obviously including a surviving spouse, but in what situations, surviving children and, and other estate debts. Uh, uh, can can uh, benefit from the so-called accrued benefits, benefits that were um, not approved yet before the veteran passed away, but were pending, either a pending claim or a pending appeal before the Board of Veterans Veterans Appeals. So, um, yeah, some cases, and I've represented a, a lot of uh, family members uh, over the years of veterans who passed away, and the cases sometimes end up going on for years. Uh, but you're absolutely right about, uh, you know, and I'm sure the veterans' uh, health issues and family circumstances um, result in, uh, you know, not, believe it or not, not being the highest priority to call a representative. They've got so much else going on dealing with uh, with the health issues. But, uh, yeah, if they're able to certainly keep, like you said, Rick, the representative, whether it's a lawyer or a veteran service officer, um, you know, they can only do so much um, themselves without the cooperation information from, from the veterans. So those are some great points. So let's let's turn to some uh, some news. We've got several items of news uh, this evening, but I would like to remind our listeners that if you have any comments or questions, uh, you just want to express your views on anything related to veteran issues. Uh, give us a call. Our toll-free nationwide call-in number is uh, 888-627-6008. Again, nationwide toll-free call-in number is 1-888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. Hope to hear from you. Okay, our first uh, item of news. Uh, this past Wednesday, October 27, 2021, the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs announced that it has extended the presumptive period to December 31st, 2026 for qualifying chronic disabilities rated 10% or more resulting from 
undiagnosed illnesses in Persian Gulf War veterans. Uh, and they did this. They extended it uh, five years to ensure benefits established by Congress are being fairly administered. Uh, if this extension period to December 31st, 2026 had not been implemented, service members whose conditions arose after uh, December 31st, 2021, which is now less than two months away, would be substantially disadvantaged compared to service members who condition, whose conditions manifested at an earlier date. Uh, limiting entitlement to benefits due to the expiration of the presumptive period would be premature given that current studies remain inconclusive as to the cause and the time of onset of illnesses suffered by Persian Gulf War veterans. Now, the VA presumes that certain medically unexplained illnesses are related to Persian Gulf War service without regard uh, to, to cause, including, for instance, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, functional gastrointestinal disorders, among others. Also included are undiagnosed illnesses with symptoms that may include, but are not limited to, abnormal weight loss, cardiovascular disease, muscle and joint pain, headache, menstrual disorders, neurological and psychological problems, skin conditions, respiratory disorders, and sleep disturbances. You can see that's quite a broad list of various conditions and illnesses, but they fall under this large umbrella of what have been considered somehow related or more common in veterans that served in the Persian Gulf War. So what's the point here? Persian Gulf War veterans who are experiencing any of those symptoms um, or other unexplained medical issues are encouraged to file a disability compensation claim with the VA. Now, they're encouraged to even by the VA, but that's really no guarantee that it's going to be an easy matter. In fact, my view, and Rick, you may share this view, is that you know the Gulf War syndrome cases are some of the toughest uh, to win, notwithstanding what the VA says they will presume about certainly medically unexplained illnesses. And that's because many of these symptoms um, can reflect many, many other illnesses that um, may be common in the in the larger population. So um, theoretically, you could get benefits for your illness or the condition if, if um, a number of elements are true and you have one of the presumptive diseases that I mentioned. Uh, first, that your uh, illness or condition caused you to be ill for at least six months. That's sort of the chronic nature of it. And it results in a disability rating of 10% or more. Now, under the, the VA has a complicated schedule for rating disabilities, which in the Code of Federal Regulations goes on page after page, very uh, fine detail, if you will. And they list practically every conceivable physical Ill illness you can imagine. And they will rate those. Um, anywhere from zero, in some cases up to 100. Some diseases, the highest is not 100. It might be, let's say, 50 or 60. But you have to have, for this presumptive, at least the symptoms severe enough to rate a, a rating of 10% or more. And these presumptives and conditions or diseases include, as I say, functional gastrointestinal disorders, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and other undiagnosed illnesses, including but not limited to, as I mentioned before, cardiovascular disease, muscle and joint pain, headaches, and others. Uh, there's also other specific um, conditions or illnesses that if you are diagnosed within one year of your date of separation from the service and have a rating of 10% or more, 
they may also apply. And these uh, tend to be some uh, some diseases that are rather unique to that part of the world, what they call Southwest uh, Asia. Uh, probably the most common of those is, is malaria, but there's a long list of others. So if you served in the Persian Gulf uh, region and you're suffering from some um, from some illness, or it's, uh, uh, the point is get to the VA, not only for health care, which you should be eligible for as a Persian Gulf veteran, uh, but also consider disability compensation. And as I say, the main point of this uh, brief story is that the VA has extended uh, the presumptive period of time to December 31st, 2026, which is an extension of five years. Okay, Rick, uh, over to you. I know you have some news. Yes, the Department of Veteran Affairs announced on October 22nd, 2021, that it is now offering Moderna and Johnson & Johnson uh, Janssen COVID-19 vaccine booster shots under emergency use authorization, expanding on last month's authorization of the Pfizer BioNTech booster. This decision follows this week's Food and Drug Administration's authorization and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's recommendation for a booster dose using the Moderna or J&J vaccines. Booster shots are an important step forward in the fight against COVID-19, said VA Secretary Dennis McDonough. With the authorization of additional COVID-19 vaccine booster options, VA is helping more veterans maximize their protection, continuing our work to keep people safe and save lives during COVID-19 pandemic. The VA will follow CDC guidance in offering COVID-19 booster shots. For individuals who completed a Pfizer, BioNTech, or Moderna COVID-19 vaccine series, the following groups are eligible for a booster shot at least six months after their second dose. They are 65 years and older, age 18 plus who live in long-term care settings, age 18 plus who have underlying medical conditions, age 18 plus who work or live in the high-risk settings. People 18 years and older are eligible to receive COVID-19 booster shot at least two months after their initial J&J vaccine. Eligible individuals may choose which vaccine they receive as a booster dose. Some people may have a preference for the vaccine type that they originally received, and others may prefer to get a different booster. CDC's recommendations now allow for this type of mix and match dosing for booster shots. The safety and care of veterans is, a VA, is VA's top priority, as well as ensuring the health and welfare of its workforce. Many sites in VA are open for walk-in walk-ins during hours when vaccine clinics are operational and where booster vaccines are available. Booster shots are being offered to veterans receiving care at VA and employees. VA is also offering the booster to veterans, their spouses, caregivers, and CHAMP VA recipients under the authority of the Save Lives Act as supply and capacity permits. The Save Lives Act, which was signed into law in March 2021, expanded VA's authority to offer vaccine to include veterans not traditionally eligible for VHA care and others, including spouses and caregivers of veterans. The CDC advises that people can get both the COVID-19 vaccine and flu vaccine at the same time. Veterans receiving care at VA who wish to get a booster shot can get both shots during, together during the same visit. Veterans who would like additional information can visit the COVID-19 vaccines page at 
va.gov forward slash health uh, hyphen care. I'm sorry, health dash care hyphen forward slash COVID dash 19 dash vaccine. Again, that's va.gov forward slash health hyphen care forward slash COVID COVID hyphen 19 hyphen vaccine or visit their local VA family, I'm sorry, facilities website or contact directly their VA care team. Well, that's a lot of information. Back to you, David. Well, thanks. Thanks for that update on the COVID-19 booster shots, uh, Rick. And some other news, and this item uh, will be of interest to veterans and their families, uh, veterans that uh, that may uh, owe the VA because of an overpayment or perhaps a medical copayment. Uh, you, you may be aware already that during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, a lot of those debts were put on hold. Well, on October the 1st, a month ago, October the 1st, 2021, the Department of Veteran Affairs announced that it will resume uh, overpayment notifications for new benefit debts and debts deferred that have been deferred from April 6, 2020 through September 30, 2021 uh, due to the COVID pandemic. Uh, now, the VA suspended debt collection um, as of April the 6th, 2020, about a year and a half ago, and will restart debt collection and did on October the 1st, 2021. However, the VA will not deduct debts from benefit payments until January 2022, which obviously is just two months away now. Collections on medical copayments created prior to April 6, 2020, and on new medical copayments will also resume October the 1st, 2021. In other words, it started a month ago. Debt notification letters sent to affected veterans and beneficiaries will include options to request debt relief for those who continue to need financial relief from the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. The VA will continue to provide relief options, such as extending repayment plans, waivers, and temporary hardship suspensions uh, during these continuing challenging times. It has been and will remain a priority of the VA to work individually with each veteran. Now, you can find out more about this if you have questions or you need assistance on debt management. Go online to va.gov and for benefit debt information or frequently asked questions, again, go to va.gov or you can call special toll-free number, which is one 800 827-0648. So this is a toll-free number for veterans and their and beneficiaries who have questions or need assistance on on uh, benefit debt information as opposed to medical care, which I'll get to in a moment. That number is 1-800-827-0648. Now, for veterans or other beneficiaries with questions about medical care and pharmacy services copayment debt, which affects a lot of veterans in the VA health system. You can contact the VA Health Resource Center, and it's a different number. It's 866-400-1238. Again, the VA Health Resource Center, you can call for information or assistance with any medical care and pharmacy services copayment debt is one 400 one two three eight. That's one eight six six four zero zero one two three eight. Again, this is a big issue because it affects a lot of 
a lot of veterans uh, financially. And uh, since this debt collection had been suspended for a year and a half, it may have fallen off the attention of a lot of veterans and other beneficiaries. So uh, look for things in the mail soon. And uh, if you have questions or if you need further assistance, further debt relief, you know, because you're out of work because of COVID-19 or other financial hardships, reach out to the VA. Don't wait. You know, be proactive. It's really in your in your best interest to do that. So, um, Rick, any thoughts? Any anything else? I know you have some other news items here. No, I, that's just uh, extremely good information. Um, hopefully, uh, any veterans that are listening, you'll if it applies to you, um, go, go to the go, go to those sources again. Uh, to reiterate, va.gov or call one eight hundred eight two seven zero six four eight. Uh, or the Health uh, Resource Center at 1-866-400-1238. Be proactive. Take care of your stuff. And the Department of Veteran Affairs announced on September 28, 2021, that it is partnering with Cybercrime Support Network to protect veterans who are disproportionately targeted for identity theft and other online scams. I know, David, we talked about this in the past as well. Launching in the fall of 2021, the partnership will provide educational resources that strengthen online security for service members, veterans, and their families, and focus on recognizing, reporting, and recovering from cybercrime. The educational awareness campaign includes public service announcements via Comcast broadcast broadcast services and an online portal. FightCybercrime.org, which is a resource database for those impacted by cybercrime and online fraud. Scamspotter.org, a website to help veterans identify scams and report fraudsters. According to the Federal Trade Commission, in 2019, our nation's veterans lost 44% more in damage to cyber criminals compared to non-veterans. Said VA Director of IT Strategic Communication, Office of Information and Technology, Reginald Humphreys, this nationwide partnership provides needed education and resources to mobilize the veteran community to help protect themselves from the impact of these crimes. The FTC also stated between 2017 and 2021, the military and veteran community reported over $820 million in losses from cybercrime. The results of these financial losses have a devastating impact on families, careers, and veterans' overall well-being. Our goal is to help veterans from becoming victims of cybercrime, said Interim CEO and Chief Strategy Officer for Cybercrime Support Network, Robert Berta. Together, we are building a support system that will create a space for real change in cybersecurity innovation in the military and veteran community. The partnership includes 33 nonprofit service organizations. Learn more about Cybercrime Support Network's military and veteran program at the website, fightcybercrime.org forward slash military forward slash. Again, fightcybercrime.org forward slash military forward slash. This is important stuff. Uh, you know, this number of $820 million in losses from cybercrime is astounding. And uh, it's really, very, really important that everybody, uh, if this applies to you, that you, you, you uh, take, care, take care of business here. Uh, what do you think, David? No, that's, that's great. And um, I receive uh, scam emails almost every day and also, um, you know, scam phone calls it's just mm-hmm. amazing that, uh, that um, they, they seem to be 
rather obvious to me because I'm probably more aware of it, but I've had um, clients that have contacted me, uh, you know, with questions about things that to me, you know, were obvious fraud, but they were really close to, you know, to uh, sending these people money. It's it's often that sort of a scam where where they're they're uh, they're uh, being tricked into sending money, and uh, they'll never get that money back. There's other scams include um, identity theft. They'll get a fake email, uh, supposedly from their bank or from a utility company or some government agency that basically tells them that uh, they need to click on this link uh, to confirm personal information. And by clicking on the link, they have then just, um, at, you know, caused themselves problems. In some cases, downloading malware or, or other issues onto their computer. Or if they, if that's not the case, then providing personal information, which allows identity thieves to do their, you know, commit their frauds. So, Again, two great websites. One is fightcybercrime.org, and the other is scamspotter.org. And both of them have uh, information uh, to help people identify scams and report uh, fraudsters, and and also specific information for veterans because the veteran community and actually those in the military still on active duty are big targets uh, for a number of reasons. Those on active duty uh, are often targets because. Um, they they tend to move a lot every every few years, and uh, they've been scammed in um, in uh, housing sales and housing rental issues. That's just one of of a number of examples. So be aware of it. And Rick, like you said, you Rick, you had had a guest um, a couple months ago talk about this very issue. So awareness is really the first uh, step. Okay, our last. Yeah, I, had item. A, I, I had a I had a brother, uh, David, who. Uh, um, he sent him. He sent him five thousand dollars. Wow! He got scammed. He got scammed. And he and he felt so embarrassed by it. Um, and he called me up like a few days later, and you know mentioned it to me. And I was like, "Why didn't you call me sooner?" And he said, "Because I feel like an idiot." And you know, he said it just like you said it. It was it was such a real. It felt like such a real concern that he had to deal with. And instead of, you know, thinking a little bit and, and stepping back from the phone call that he was receiving, um, he let himself get scammed. And, and I, I, it's my understanding that if you, re, if you report it within 12 hours, you might be able to get your money back. You might be able to, but generally speaking, you know, once, once you send them the money, it's pretty much gone. All right, David, back to you for some more news. Okay, the last item of news before we go to our our closing, and this is one that we've mentioned before, but I think it's worth repeating. Uh, the National Veterans Legal Services Program, a great organization, their website is nvlsp.org, um, issued a press release uh, in September. It's worth repeating. It affects tens of thousands of veterans who were previously forced to pay out-of-pocket emergency medical expenses that the VA should have paid for. Uh, on September the 1st, uh, the United States Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims, the CAVC, ordered the VA to provide additional measures of transparency in its ongoing re-adjudications and payments to literally tens of thousands of veterans who are entitled to reimbursement of emergency medical expenses. It's in a class action case called Wolf versus McDonough. Uh, the court ordered the VA to provide copies of 
its re-adjudication decisions to the National Veterans Legal Services Program and the pro bono counsel at the law firm of Sidley Austin LLP. Um, there's a lot more to this. Uh, if you are a veteran or a family member who believe you were forced to pay out-of-pocket emergency medical expenses that the VA should have paid for, uh, go to the website nvlsp.org. That's National Veterans Legal Services Program, nvlsp.org, and you can find more information about this class action lawsuit, Wolf versus McDonough. Uh, based on the VA's past estimate, uh, compliance with the Wolf decision is probably going to require the VA to to pay somewhere between $1.8 billion and $6.5 billion in reimbursements to over, projected over the next few years to literally hundreds of thousands of veterans who have either filed or are expected to file reimbursement claims uh, for a 10-year period going back to 2016, projected to 2025. Okay, um, Rick, over to you for Coaching Into Care. Okay, uh, as we always do, we always talk about the Coaching Into Care program. It helps veterans having difficulty transitioning to home life. Returning home can be a tough adjustment, and loved ones can help. Coaching Into Care offers free coaching to help you help your veterans. Give the program a call at one triple eight eight two three seven four five eight. Its hours are Monday through Friday, eight a.m. to eight p.m. Again, the VA's coaching the care number is one triple eight eight two three seven four five eight. In addition, I'd like to once again remind listeners that if you know a veteran who is suicidal or in a crisis of any kind, the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs also has a veterans crisis line to help. Call eight hundred call one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five and press one. Many veterans have committed suicide because they did not get the help they needed. Help them get the care they need to cope with their problem, problems. Once again, that number is at the Veterans Crisis Line, 1-800-273-8255, and press 1. Over to you, David. Well, thanks, Rick. Uh, we had a lot of information on this show, and I hope uh, it's been of, of uh, benefit to our, to our listeners. It's time for us to go. Uh, for this week, I'd like to thank all of you for listening to the Veterans News Hour here on BBS Radio Station 1. We would also like to thank our producer at BBS Radio, Mr. Doug Newsom. We hope you'll tune in next week, same time and station, which is uh, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain, and 4 p.m. Pacific Time. That's bbsradio.com, Station 1. Until then, stay safe and stay healthy, and we hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Veterans News Hour with David Corey and Richard Hurley. We hope you found this week's program very informative. Be sure to invite your friends and all the veterans you know to tune in next week when we'll have another great show on veterans issues. Meanwhile, you can listen to our other recorded episodes on the Veterans News Hour webpage on bbsradio.com. Thanks again for listening to the Veterans News Hour.